Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yes, lads, UFC fight there, Jack. So you can catch me on the latest episode of Ace Podcast Nation. Make sure to give him a subscribe on YouTube. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash Ace Podcast Nation. And uh, looking forward to get back on there soon. Speak to you soon. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Danny Batten Fight Show. This is episode number 53. We're uh, available video for video versions at youtube.com slash acepodcastnation and you can also get the audio versions at uh, all the usual podcasting platforms. You can also follow the show at Danny Batten FS on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we've got lots of podcasts and interviews with various uh, fighters from various companies but uh, let's get straight into it because we have a lot to talk about. Joining me as ever is uh, former Cage Warriors champion and, of course, legend of UK MMA, Mr. Danny Button. How are you, mate? Yeah, really, really good. And thank goodness we had a treat of a weekend, not even just with UFC, but with the trilogy uh, in the Cage Warriors. It's been all go, go, go this weekend. Yeah, it's been phenomenal. There was even a bit of boxing last night as well, which I watched as well. this morning. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable stuff, but it's good. It's good after we had that period of uh, like no sport and no no combat sport, particularly like it's been. It's good to get back to what feels like a bit of normality, and uh, I'm delighted to say joining us is former UFC fighter, now Bellator bantamweight, and in my opinion, future Bellator champion, Swansea City fan as well, Mr. Brett, <laughs> Mr. Brett Johns. How goes it, my friend? Massive smile on my face. Obviously, mm. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong. So all my Cardiff City friends just got into hiding. I don't know where they've gone. Winter, mate. They'd, they'd, they'd win the world, the world championship, the hide and seek at the minute. I can't find them anywhere. <laughs> no, I, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Obviously, um, I watched uh, a lot of fighting last night. But like you said, you know, you kind of t- take the fighting shows at the minute with like you know, it's it's a luxury at the minute considering what's going on. And uh, yeah, we were lucky. I watched. I watched a bit of the UFC last night. I watched the uh, Cage Warriors um, trilogy. And I also watched, obviously, Anthony Joshua fighting as well. And, um, yeah, it was a cracking Saturday, all fairness. Yeah, it was uh, quite the Saturday when you include all the football as well. It's uh, a mad one. But um, I want to start, mate, before we get into all of that. Obviously, uh, a bit earlier this year, not that long ago. Um, in my opinion, a bit of a shock announcement, I guess. That, uh, you left the UFC. And you moved over to Bellator. A few people surprised. Um, 
how you're feeling about it, what was behind the decision, that sort of thing. Yeah, no, um, like I said, I, I'm, I'm quite honest and open as a book about all this because I feel like when it comes to the fight inside of things, you kind of see what's in front of you. You know, it's quite simple to tune on the TV and watch two fighters. And, and Danny realizes there's so, like the fighting, in my opinion, is like 30% of what actually goes on. When it comes to like the training, the the contracts, the the money talks, or whatever, and it does get um, obviously talking about that's not why I signed. If if anything, I probably I'm probably I probably enjoyed more at the start of my career than I have towards towards like the now point because it's mm. so much more to think about when it comes to like I said contracts and sponsorships and because all of a sudden now it's gone from being a sort of hobby or, or I, I think I I thoroughly enjoyed to a job now and. Um, the good thing is when I went through that little stint back in 2018 with the, with the two uh, UFC losses against uh, Sterling and Munoz, and then obviously when 2019 we got a fight, I think at that, at that time I, I, it became a, a nine-to-five job for me. I didn't like going to the gym. I'd go to the gym every day. I wouldn't miss a session, but I didn't enjoy doing it. And obviously changing a lot of things up. I changed a lot up at the beginning of this year. Um, and I tell you one thing, it, it, it's definitely been the right decision because you know, all of a sudden I was turned back into that hobby I thoroughly love and enjoy. And, you know, going into this year, if, if you told me at the beginning of this year, you know, the, the first week of January 2020, that everything that would have happened, I would have laughed. You know, I, mm. I didn't think that any of this happened. But, you know, the, what happened was we got to a position where we were, um, we were offered a fight on November the 7th against mm. uh, a Barcelos, Ronnie Barcelos, which, don't get me wrong, would have been a super tough fight. But um, they kind of offered the name through, and I said yes straight away. But my contract had run up, run up after the Montel Jackson fight, and I was like, right, okay, well, I don't mind fighting Rani Barcelos. This is, you know, it's a, don't get me wrong, it's not an easy fight by a long shot. But um, but yeah, we'll take the fight, you know. And we started talking about the negotiation figures, and uh, I, I had a, I had a sum in my head, and they were well off, you know. And um, when I spoke to to, to I spoke to my manager Brian Butler took a punch and um, you know all fairness to Brian he bent over backwards to get that deal sorted out and he just kind of mentioned well well you're a free agent now so you can you know you can go around and have a look and see what other companies and the first company that we we, we spoke of was Bellator you know obviously I have been a, I'm a massive fan of MMA you know I've I've won I've won world titles at like big organisations and but Bellator is, is the one place where as a as a kid growing up. I'm watching a lot of MMA. I remember them big fights with Douglas Lima fighting Ben Saunders or you know Michael Chandler versus Eddie Alvarez. I loved watching them fights. And so we had, we, I think Brian, my manager, sent him a message at 11 o'clock and said, "Look, Brett, I think they'll get back to us within 48 hours." By half past 11, I verbally agreed to deal with Bellator. It was that yeah. quick. It was half an hour. We kind of sat through. You know, like I said, that and, and the decision was that. Easy, you know, it was generally that easy. And uh, Bellator, the figure that I had in my head, Bellator said that figure, and like for example, like I, I had a figure in my head, and Bellator went, well, that's, I didn't have to say anything. Bellator just said the figure that I wanted, and I knew we were on the right page then, you know. And um, like I said, I'm not in this. Believe it or not, when I first started this game, it was for, I wanted the fast cars, the flash house, you know, I wanted it, I wanted everything, you know, the, the yachts. But being in this game for so long now, you realise you just you just want to be happy. If I pay for the house I'm in right now, 
I guess my, my career has been successful. And I always say that to any other fighter who's aspiring to be a professional, that if you can get through your whole career and manage to pay for your house, then I feel like you've had a successful career. That doesn't, that's, that's just my personal goal, you know? So when Bellator offered the, 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 the contract, it was, it was generally easy peasy, you know? It was like, I spoke to Brian. Brian seemed to be happy with everything. I spoke to Mike Hogan at Bellator. Who's a, who's a super cool guy and he was cool with everything and it was just that easy and to be honest I you know I'm probably the happiest I've been in, in, in my career for for a, for a long time now you know yeah like me and um, well obviously when it came out and the story kind of broke me and Danny discussed it on the show and and I said like I felt just by the little I'd read they, I felt UFC had kind of undervalued you and disrespected you a little bit. And to be clear, that's me saying it. That's not you. That's not yeah, Danny. That's no, me no, saying no, no, no. it. And I felt like they'd, you know, they dis- disrespected you because you, you know, you lost two fights for the whole period you were there and both those guys are in the top three. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? They weren't just kind of any old fighters. Like, they, they're they top of the pile now and, uh, and you were and, and so, come back so, on a two-fight win streak and you were a three-fight win streak. No, a two-fight win streak, no. Like I said, I... I when I when I when I asked for a figure in my head from the UFC, I wasn't asking for over the top. Mm. There was a guy, Marab Dashvili, who was five and two in the UFC. He's in the top fifteen. Yeah. Uh, his two losses come by guys who aren't in the top fifteen. And I asked for the same, not not more, you know, not less. I just thought, well, he's five and two in the UFC. I'm five and two in the UFC. I fought these guys. He's fought them guys. Like, I'd like, you know, the same amount. And they were well off. And they were, like, you know, to put it to put it bluntly, they were about $20,000 off where I wanted to be. And, look, at the end of the day, like, as much as I love doing a sport, uh, and, it's, and, it's, and it's not for the money side of things, but I just want to create some sort of security for later on in life. And I don't feel like a, a lot of fighters think that far ahead. I've just got good people around me telling me, look, you need a plan B for when this is all over and done with, and you need things in place now. For that, and that's the reason why, you know, like I said, I don't want millions and millions of dollars to fight. I don't. I don't. Don't get me wrong. If that day comes, I'm not going to say no. Put it that way. Of course, yeah. You know? <laughs> but um, but like, yeah, I just wanted that that you know that security, I guess, you know, and potentially my next ambition outside of fighting is, you know, I'm I'm 28 now, 29 in February, and if I can pay my house off before I'm 30, I think that would be a big tick in like you know the bucket list, you know. Yes, yeah, I'm it. Um. Like again, Dan, we've talked and um, we talked to Richard and Jack last week on the show. Yeah. And um we kind of all said that we think you'll be better at all Bantamweight champion probably by the end of next year. That's again is you know, that's just the opinion of us and that's what we kind of discussed. I'm assuming that's the aim uh for you, Brett. But Danny, what do you make of kind of what Brett said there and just generally yeah, absolutely makes sense what he says he just um sounds like he's just got a more mature head on his shoulders than, than many others not not to criticize anyone but you know so many youngsters do get sort of like blinded by their, their visions of expectations um but you've got to make solid plans and, and consolidate things financially of course you have and um you know the nice thing that i'm hearing is he's got a clear path and he made strong decisions and he clearly doesn't regret them so yeah all the best to Brett, and I actually think he ain't even done with UFC. Um, for well, briefly, you know, what you just said about you think he's going to become Bellator champion. I also think he will, and I think he'll then be back over to UFC um, for, for considerable 
uh, more money. I, I really do think that's what's going to happen. Um, so I think it's a, it's a good decision to to do what he's doing. And the good thing is, you know, he's not left on bad terms with USC. You know, become a free agent. He put his little feelers about and something better come along. He's taken that and I think he'll be returning to USC in the next, next few years. The thing is as well, it's like you don't, sometimes there's that saying in there, you don't miss, um, you don't always miss things until they're gone. And like, right, if you go and, you know, you go and dominate the Bantamweight division in Bellator for a couple of years, I'm sure the UFC will, uh, you know, they'll take notice of that. I think anyone who thinks that they don't take any notice of other companies isn't paying attention. You only have to look at some of the, you know, Michael Chandler's recently moved that made, you know, made that jump. There's plenty of fighters over the years who've made the jump either way. So I think uh, it'll be interesting, mate. I'm really looking forward to um, seeing your Bellator debut. Have you got anything kind of a date in mind in terms of your first fight? They, they did offer us a fight before the 18th of November. And um, like I said, yeah, you know, I, I, I was happy to take the fight. But there's issues with the, um, obviously with the pandemic, we're trying to apply for a visa at the minute. It's very difficult. So um, it was just a bit of a, it was a bit of unfortunate really because it was mm. a good fight, you know, first fight of the promotion against the guy who was 15 and one, you know, and it, and it was, and it was really good. And to, and to be completely honest, like, like Danny said there, you know, obviously, you know, there's potential for me to go back to that UFC if I want, if I want to. But the the decision I've made right now is that, I, the, like, like I said, you know what I was saying? We thought about a lot of things. Like, like I said to you before, Brian Butler messaged uh, Bellator like 11. We, we had a verbal agreement that at 11.30. I didn't actually like sit down and actually finalize it until a few days afterwards so I could think of the, all the outcomes. And one of the outcomes was that I'm signing a contract and in my mind, my stint in the UFC is over. Like, mm. that's the, you know, obviously if it doesn't, then I go back there, then okay, so be it. But, you know, my career, I, I've, I've, it's not as if I haven't had a career in the UFC, you know. We're the, the most prestigious company in the world, and I had seven fights there. So in my mind, I ticked that bucket list off fighting on a, on a major promotion like that. Now I, I open another bucket list up when I do it on Bellator. And like, don't get me wrong, that, Bell, that Bellator Batman division is stacked. You know, they put me in. I think the rank is at eight for the minute. Um, you know, which is which is you know, I I I I don't usually go off rankings, but looking at where they think I am, eight that'll do for the minute. But you know, I'm looking at the, the, the top five for sure. You know, and um, we'll see what happens. Obviously, I've I've told them I'm going to be ready by March, uh, end of February. But we'll see uh, what happens. There's there's a list of fighters in that in that division, and I'm ha- and I'm happy to fight every one of them. Honestly, I really am. So I like to be amazed. I can't wait. Cannot wait. Um, and obviously, you both mentioned like you know young fighters and stuff generally. There, um, we've uh, just got off the Cage Warriors trilogy final day yesterday. Um, it was quite the show again. Um, and you know, full credit by the way to Cage Warriors and Gray Graham Boylan because second time now, and even the first show because obviously what the show where Mason Jones won his first title right at the start of the pandemic. They could have easily cancelled that show, but they kept it on. They made it safe for the fighters and for the staff and everything. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for putting on these shows, but not just putting them on. Like, both these trilogy cards have been phenomenal in terms of quality of fights. And I yeah. thought um, I thought this one was, 
was fantastic again. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Si, the, the, the one fight that stood out for me yesterday was um, Paul Hughes versus Jordan. Oh, yeah. Um, the reason why I stood out, like, I, I went online after the fight, and, that, and this is what grinds my gears when it comes to people talking about fight decisions. It was a robbery. It, it wasn't yeah. even a robbery. It was, it was, when I looked at the fight, and the way they scored it is the way I scored it, personally. That's the way I scored it, you know. I'm, you know, like I said, people can be wrong or whatever, but that's the way I scored it. And, and at the end of the day, it was one of them fights. It was close, right? Okay? It could have gone the other way, and it was like, okay, well, I didn't score that way, but you can understand why. But in my opinion, it was scored correctly. And it just, it just infuriates me sometimes to look online with people who, who have got to put their five pence in. But take away the results, take away everything. That was that one of the highest level fights I've seen on a Cage Warriors card period. That 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 could have slotted into a UFC main card for sure. You know, it was at that level, and, and fight it, it, it won fight the night ten times over last night. It really did, you know. Yeah, it was top it really quality, did. really was. And do you know what? Um, so when I watched it live, I thought I had like just in my head I had scored it to Paul Hughes, but. Yeah. Obviously, Jordan won. I was happy for Jordan. I wanted Jordan to win as one yeah. of Danny's fighters. And then I, what I did is I um, I watched it again last night. And then I, I kind of was thinking, oh, yeah, maybe I can, I can actually see like yeah, Jordan being yeah. the winner. And then this morning, I watched it on silent with no commentary. And I added definitely for, for Jordan. And as I, I think I mentioned to you guys before we started recording, I thought the commentary on Cage Warriors wasn't up to the usual uh, high standard uh, in some fights. For this trilogy, but um, I do yeah. think Jordan won it. Um, but I tell you what, those two are the future of oh, uh, British and Irish MMA without doubt because they were, run, you know, run that back, run that. Oh, back. god, yeah, you know, it was a uh, it was one hell of a scrap, all fairness to both guys, you know. Yeah, I spoke to Jordan this morning, and um, like he was, you know, he wants title shot, and rightly so. But I well, well, he also said on social media he wouldn't be disappointed to fight this back, you know, run this back either. Yeah, like at the end of the day, though, you know, like the guy, the guy he's looking out for, fought after him, that Morgan. Um, Sherry, yeah. you know, he's a, he's a boy, man. Yeah, he's good. He's he's good, you know. But like, I feel like them three guys at the minute in that featherweight division in, in Cage Warriors, they're the guys to watch out for: Paul Hughes, Jordan, and obviously um, Sherry. You know, I can't say Jordan soon. In my apologies, how do you, how do you pronounce that? Fuchinek. Vucinic, right. Okay. Yeah, I've been training for years and I still can't say it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Just call him John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I thought, um, looked, I thought he looked really well. He looked really good last night. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of people wrote him off as well. Yeah. Know? A lot of people wrote him off. and It just makes that thing that much more sweeter, you know. Like, and at the end of the day, though, everybody's entitled to their opinion, I guess, you know. But like, I, I kind of watched that fight with an open mind, you know. Obviously, I, I've kind of seen Jordan go and Coming through the coming through the scenes, I've seen him on. Um, I think it was an it was an ACP card. I think it was. Yeah, might, have right, been on yeah. AC, might have been on ACP card. I've seen him obviously fight Steve um, Armable as well. Um, a few. When was that? Was like a few that was on the last. Was, that was on the last yeah, trilogy. That was, that was yeah. yeah. You know, so like I said, you know, he's fought good guys. And Paul he had and Paul Hughes had a hike. And like, you know, at the end of the day, you can say what you want. You know, and like I, I'm I'm a decision fighter. I always have been. But if you you got to kind of go into that knowing full well. If you go to the scorecards and leave it that close, it can go any way. You know, people yeah. are kicking off about it, but that's the way this sport goes, unfortunately. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, Dan, we'll get. I can ask get your opinion on that now. But um, one thing I will say is the quality of um, Jordan, of Paul Hughes, and Morgan Cherrier. They're the kind of like three guys at the top of that division that could easily exchange victories amongst themselves a couple of times mm. over. I think it's, they're all quite closely matched. But obviously, in Jordan and Paul Hughes, I'm not sure how, how old Morgan Cherrier is, but like obviously Jordan and Paul Hughes are young, young guys as well, yeah, which yeah. is you know very encouraging you know for from them for from a career point of view, but also for the future of you know British and Irish MMA is phenomenal um Johnny what did you make of uh, Jordan's performance and uh, and the general thing I mean both of them you know Brett really summed it up it was some of the highest level cage warriors competition you'll ever see it, it was really of the highest order they both demonstrated great in the pocket striking great strategy and tactical um, executions and and the wrestling exchanges were great. I mean, the the switches that Hughes was pulling off on Jordan were yeah. were, were incredible. But Jordan, you know, adapted and changed. We we do a lot of wrestling combinations uh, in training together, and and he knew to adapt and change and switch it up to make those switches less effective. And he, he managed to, you know, out exchange him on a couple of those wrestling exchanges um, in that third round. Um, you know, I think things would have been different had the first round not been spoiled by that crafty cage grab and it went yeah. unnoticed by the referee and, and and seemingly on purpose by the commentary i was a little mm. bit disappointed in the commentary the fact that they didn't pick up on it and um it was a fairly obvious one he was levitated up in the air was going to be put face first down i mean that could have been a very very different first round um but you know jordan ended up getting put on his back because he hit the switch off of that um cage grab and, and put Jordan underneath and Jordan had to bust quite a lot of energy going for leg locks and scrambles and trying to get out of situations um, and, and perhaps those next two rounds perhaps would have been a little bit more uh, decisive if Jordan could have saved energy by coasting that, uh, a win in that first round but you know I'm always going to look through through biased eyes I guess although I try not to. Right, it was quite um, blatant though wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah like, but like, and then, and then, there's cage yeah, yeah, I knew it was always going to be close. I, I said to uh, said to you, Sire, didn't I last week? But to me, they're both so well matched, and they're both practically the same age. They're similar height, similar skill set, similar similar incredible athleticism. That both have shown time time again. Um, but some of the differences that were uh, notable going in the fact that Jordan was the underdog, so massive he underdog, no, wasn't he? Yeah, he had no pressure on his shot. I knew what he was capable of. Um, so that that was kind of like you know, it's a shot to nothing. You know, if he loses, yeah. then no one's going to be surprised. So that kind yeah. of would help Jordan in, in my eyes. And the fact that Jordan's had a lot of experience in these pro pro fights. When you have a look at what Paul Hughes has done, he ain't been out the first round, I don't think, is he? No. Kind of decimated all his opponents. So you know, he hasn't had that experience of you know fighting when you're tired and fighting when you're hurting and trying to adapt your game plan in round two and three. Uh, to try and keep winning, um, and whereas Jordan's been there, and I think that showcased through. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. It was um, it was exceptional stuff all round. Um, another uh, fight from yesterday's Cage Warriors uh, card, which I was paying a lot of interest to. Apart from the main event, obviously, I was watching that. I thought that I thought Morgan Cherrier was exceptional, really impressive. But uh, Ian Gary is making a bit of a name for himself. Uh, for earlier on in the in the card, he won in like the first round again. He uh, he looks like he's going to be uh, quite the fighter as well. Um, 
the Welsh boys didn't have as much success uh, as I was hoping. Um, I really fancied uh, both. Well, I fancied all of them, to be honest, but I really thought uh, Aaron Khalid was going to win. Um, but Liam, Leonardo uh, Damiani, I think his name's pronounced, I was really quite impressed with him, the Italian guy. I thought he was really, really good. Um, and I thought it was quite a close, close, close fight, split decision. But um, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed for Aaron. Um, ben Ellis was very, very good. Um, that was one of the ones where I was very disappointed in the commentary because if you had been listening to just the commentary and watching, not watching the fight, you'd have thought that Kingsley Crawford had sailed it. Yet Ben Ellis won on a unanimous decision, and yeah, I thought he, yeah. I thought he won quite clearly as well. Without you know, you know it wasn't one sided, but I thought he won quite obviously. Yeah, no, I, I, I watched that fight again, and the thing, the difference is, is uh, I watched that fight without commentary because. I was in my gym doing my session on a, on Friday night, and I managed to get the the fight up on obviously like a, I think it was fight pass, mm. but like obviously we were training, so we just turned the sound off and just watched it like as we went along, and like like I said, Ben won twenty nine twenty eight in my in my in my in my eyes all, all all around. It was quite simple, you know. Don't get me wrong, that, um, Crawford's good. I've seen Crawford mm. fight a few times, very good, you know. But it was definitely it was definitely Ben's Ben's fight uh, with that with Aaron. I was, I'm a big fan of Aaron. I'm a big yeah, fan of it, you know, and the way he conducts himself outside the cage as well is is uh, is, is is brilliant. You know, he's a he's a good, great guy, and he trains hard. And I love them crafty submissions he pulls off. But like I said, it was it was a good fight for Aaron to see just to see where he's at. You know, it was a bit of a, if I'm not mistaken, it was a bit of a, a change up of opponent as well. Wasn't yeah, it? last uh, I think he three days notice or something. Yeah, something you like know what that. I mean? So it's a bit like you know, you can argue. Don't get me wrong. Like the, the Italian guy had three days notice, but then again, you know, Aaron's got to adapt his his style for that, and that's just as difficult, in my opinion. But um, yeah, and and obviously my, my teammate then Josh Reed, I yeah. thought Josh, I thought Josh put a hell of a performance on. I really did, you know. And I feel like the actual submission he got caught in, I don't feel like he really did anything wrong, other than land in a bad position, you know. And sometimes mm. you'd be grappling. And like you'll do something correctly, but someone will fall over awkwardly, and you land in like a triangle. Like, well, I've been caught with loads of them in my time, you know, just doing a good takedown and landing in the wrong position and getting capitalized on it. It happens to the best of us, you know. And uh, but overall, I thought he performed brilliantly. Like Josh would probably disagree, but I feel like for him, it was um, it was a it was a it was a fantastic scrap. I thought it was a really good fight, and uh, I just I was getting for him. You know, he trained hard for the fight, and. Um, I know he's disappointed, but uh, I spoke to the guys the next day in the gym, and we all said the same. You know, we think he did a uh, fantastic in the fight. You know, yeah. Funny enough, I was going to ask you that because we had Josh on a couple of weeks back, and we obviously talked about his training, his fight, and, and stuff like that. But I thought he looked phenomenal from start to finish until literally he got caught with the yeah, submission, yeah. and it was just like you say a bit unfortunate. And I was going to ask you, was it just? Basically, you know, just a bit of bad luck with the way he landed because I thought he looked so sharp, mate. I really did, yeah. considering he hadn't fought for a year, over yeah. a year. Like all, all fairness to Josh, I, I, him, him and Jack, I, I, and obviously my, my other teammate Scott Perez, they're, they're the three guys that spar the most in the gym. And like Josh is a man, he can, he can club people. There's a difference between hitting someone and clubbing someone. And Josh has got, got that natural power that when he hits you, you just go dizzy, you know. And um, that's very rare to have. And people saw that in the, in the 
the Nathaniel Wood fight, you could see that firsthand how heavy-handed he really is. But um, yeah, like like personally, like obviously, uh, you, you can see the fighter in him. He's got that he hasn't picked up a win, but like I spoke to Dicky uh, Shaky and he's happy, like you know, with the, with the performance, you know, and and all fairness to Josh, man, he trains hard and. You know, I think he's disappointed, but everybody else around him seems to be like it was a good fight. It was, yeah. you know, and sometimes you, you're just unlucky in this game. That's, that's all there is, like you know, because you know you can do everything you can to train. In all fairness, he did. He trained really hard for the fight, and when you go into a fight and you're fully prepared mentally, you're like, well, there's nothing else I could have done. So if anything happens, it's just a case of on the night a bit of luck, you know, and yeah, you can get caught sometimes, you know. Yeah, it, you know it is what it is, I guess, isn't it? Um, Danny, what did you make of, uh, of Ben, Josh, and Aaron's performances and fights? Yeah, Have you seen them all back now? Yeah, no, I, you know what? I haven't had time because obviously I had to travel back and everything. Mm. And when when not, I'm actually there. It was really hard to, um, to catch them see all, the yeah. fights. Yeah, it was really hard. I saw bits of Khaled's one. I was trying to watch it on someone else's phone that they had <laughs> set up in there. And um, you know the bits I actually saw of Khaled looked like he was. Sort of doing a good job of smothering. He looked like a real, like a real grind. That's what he looked like to me. But um, yeah, I just didn't get to to see yeah. it enough to, to comment accurately, if if you will. So um, yeah, yeah. Like, Aaron, I really need to sit down and, and have a good old watch. Yeah, Aaron got he got he got caught with a couple of shots, but I thought he looked pretty good. Um, obviously, uh, another one of your fighters, Dan, fought on the, that same night, which was uh, Tom fought. Tom Mearns for Steve Amiable, not the uh, not the fight that Tom was hoping for, but he um, got caught, mate. A bit. I was going to ask you a question, mate. Um, so obviously I was watching it, and I felt like maybe Tom was a little bit uh, a bit over eager, maybe yeah, uh, in would, the early stages, and then he got yeah, caught. Tom, Tom loves to go forward, but mm. when he had done his weight cut, I mean, this is not making an excuse. You've got to get everything running right, but he gulped his water down after the weight cut and then he ended up with diarrhea and dehydrated um, and even in the warm-up room he wasn't wanting to be as active he normally likes to do a really long gradual warm-up and then peak it before he goes out normally a good hour long mm. just wasn't really wanting to do his combinations in there and i said oh how are you feeling he goes yeah yeah my legs feel a bit tired and i was a little bit concerned in there but tom don't get rocks with shots it's so rare he, and he's yeah. been really clubbed over this over the course of um, all these years training and fighting. And he got rocked just a, a little bit easier than I'd normally ever see him get rocked. And mm. I, I put that partly down to the fact that he hadn't hydrated properly. And, um, you know, you make a slight error like that, and that could be the consequence, especially if someone as good as experienced as seen Steve Ainable. Um, it was a forearm smash that started it all off, wasn't it? It was like a forearm strike. Yeah, which he broke it with a big forearm. Which broke his arm. And... Um, you know, when we all spar and train, we all complain about Tom's big head because we all hurt our wrists and knuckles on him. And uh, <laughs> so we're not surprised that someone finally broke their arm on his head. But, um, mm-hmm. look, you know, he d- didn't get the result again. He's you know, really having a hard time maintaining any string of results. You know, he did have a win on Cage Warriors a number of fights ago, but now he has a string of losses. Um, he is coming down to the featherweight. He'd been fighting lightweight for which he put a really good performance in against Lister. But again, didn't get the result on that, although I felt in my mind that he might have edged yeah, that fight. But hey, fight. you know, like Brett says, when it's close, you know, you're putting it in the hands of the judges, can you also go against you? That one went against him. And uh, this one was a catch weight. They might do another catch weight or, or might go full 
full, full round to, to the featherweight where he belongs. And we have to try to just get these results going because if it doesn't happen, where do you go from there? Um, mm. you know, you've got to rebuild from the sport that shows up again. And has he got the motivation to do that? Time will only tell. But I know he wants it. Um, he's just got to get things got to get things together again. He's got, got to get back to, to winning ways. There's no other way. What's the point of being in it? Yeah, back on the horse, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, he's clearly got a lot of talent. It's um, just putting everything together, I guess. Um, look, I would uh, I would urge any MMA fan to go back and watch the Cage Warriors all three all three days because I thought they were outstanding. Few yeah. um, few other notable performances. Uh, Michelle Figlak, Defeated Anthony Anthony O'Connor on the pro prelims uh, on the first night, and also uh, the first night Luke Shanks made his uh, his first defense of the flyweight title, and I was so pumped for this fight versus yeah. uh, Jake Hadley. Hadley. Yeah, but I we uh, I said to you guys before we started recording about Tony Ferguson's fight last night. Um, Jake Hadley was so impressive in this fight. And like I really, really rate Luke Shanks uh, as a fighter, but I thought Jake Hadley was incredible. I've got to be honest. Yeah. So should should so Jake, right? Okay, um, he's seven and zero now, I think. Mm. Um, and like I said, this is a bit of a statement to say, right? Okay, but I, I I thought about it carefully. I think Jake Hadley is one of the, if not the best flyweight, I think the UK will have for a very long time. That's my opinion. You know, the guy is super young. He's, he's already a two-time world champion. Won yeah. a Cage Warriors title and won a title out in the UFC Africa. And I've watched this guy for a very long time. Very, very, very long time. And I think, honestly, the, the next step for this guy, even at 7-0, or whatever he is, is that call-up for the UFC. I think he beats a lot of UFC fighters a flyweight. No problems at all. I really do. And um, like I said, it was it's... He just looks fantastic every time he's in there. And his attitude to the sport is mm. it's just brilliant. He trains so hard, man. Yeah, I am. Um, the talk before the fight was that whoever wins is going to go to the UFC out of this. Um, I thought, um, and, you know, we've had Luke on the show a couple of times. I, I get on well with him and I like him a lot. He's, uh, he's a cool dude. Like, But I thought he fell into the trap a little bit. He made it, I, I felt like from the outside, that he made it personal. And then yeah. I felt like that affected his, his whole game plan because you could hear his corner telling him to do certain things and he wasn't listening. He was ploughing forward and trying to instigate things which weren't working. And I feel like he was so... Um, In the moment. So, yeah, he was so like focused. He wanted to get him down and he wanted to just pound the shit out of him. And he got so obsessed with doing that that he fell into, fell into a trap a little bit. Do you think that's fair, Dan, or am I being a bit overcritical of him there? No, you're absolutely right. Uh, I, you know, I got remember I trained Luke for many, many years before yeah, he, he went up, up to Scotland, and I, I know what he's like as a character, and he's a, a true fighter in every sense. And when I say that, I mean like you know, if, if, if someone wrongs him on the street, he'll have a fisticuffs on the street. He's just that kind of lad. And um, but this is a sport, nevertheless, and the sport means you've got to play the game well and didn't he tried to fight it rather than play it and um and Hadley played it and he played it ever so well Hadley's strong he's big at the weight and um, he's technical he's um got calm, calm demeanor um and, and and Luke lost 
a lot of his advantages through his eagerness to try to hurt. Yeah. And um, of course, hurting is part of the game that the, the MMA is to play the game. You've got, you've got to put the hurt, but you've got to have control to do that. And he had no control of the positions. He was swinging before setting anything up. Um, he actually looked quite good in the very first minute, minute and a half of the first round. He actually snagged uh, Hadley with a few shots and Hadley didn't want to have none of it. He, he shot in, got success with the takedown, smothered Luke somewhat, and he thought, hey, you know what? This ain't so bad down on the ground. Um, no. I'll keep putting it there. And Luke gave him it. He gave him it. He literally ran towards him. Even in the fifth round, wasn't he? When he needed yeah, to finish the fight, every he still time. did it. The same. He had a running jumping knee. Now, you know, I don't know whether that was even a, a good idea. He just needed to keep it standing and, and, and try to put some anxiety on to Jack Hadley, but Jack Hadley controlled it throughout. And, and Brett's probably right. You know, this is one of the best uh, people we'll see for a long time in this weight division. And I think he'll very quickly have success in the UFC. He's got his head in UFC, this guy, man. Come on. He's yeah, 100%. And, and been extremely, extremely dominant, whether it's striking or on the ground or in the wrestling exchanges. He, he just seems to be on top all the time. But I, I look at that UFC flyweight rankings, um, Brett, right? and outside of maybe the top five, yeah, I'd fancy him against most of them, then. Yeah, I'll be honest. 100%. Like, I look at him... You know, like I said, I got to be honest, watching the last night's main event in the UFC, that was absolutely incredible, right? But like going, like, like you said, going outside that top five then, though. And, and like the thing is, is like, like, like Danny said, he's very composed character. He is, he knows what he wants. And what we described there about, about Shanks was that he was over eager and then he went in. It was, this was, this is like, the bl- blueprint of what I was like for the Alzheimer Sterling fight. The whole, the whole thing just got on top of me. I feel like subconsciously, you know, mm. it, it's, it's only until about three months after when everything had died down, I looked back and I thought, yeah, actually, I think I might have just taken it, taken it all a bit too fast, taken it all in because, like, like Danny, Danny knocked on the park when he said like he didn't set anything up and just swing. That's generally what I was like for that fight. You know, sometimes the occasion can get the better of you, and um, you, you you learn a lot from it. Put it that way, you learn a lot from it. So I do see him coming back with a bit of a, with a bit of vengeance and getting it there. But um, like I said, it's obviously it's a bit of a steep one to take on. But going back to Jake Hardy, man, yeah, I, I do see him fighting anybody in that in that in that top like from from five to fifteen. Yeah, you know, and you could and you could just drop him in like a pin. You could just pick which which where to put him. You know, but I'd stick him I mean, against um to either Tyson Nam. Or Jordan yeah. Espinosa straight out of the bat, I would, and say, "There you go." The, the Jordan Espinosa fight would, would be would be a good one. I, I mm. met Jordan; I think he's a cool guy, but that'd be a good fight for him, you know. And where, where's Jordan mm. in the rankings there? Jordan's fourteenth. So see, I, that's yeah. what I mean. I would drop um, Jake straight in with a ranked fighter and say, "Right, see what you got," because yeah, he went out to South Africa, mate, and dominated. Oh, he, ridiculous! He's now beaten the best flyweight in. Uh, the UK, and he's beaten him comfortably, made over five rounds. And what people said, including people like me, people like Danny, people who talk about MMA, is everyone said, if it goes five rounds, Luke Shanks is going to win. If, yeah. it, if, it's, if it finishes in the first couple of rounds, Jake Hadley's going to finish him on the feet. Yeah. And Jake yeah. Hadley dominated him, but on the floor, over five rounds. So I think he showed that he's not just power, he's yeah. technique and he's skill. And he's, he's a different fighter, man. Yeah, man. I was really impressed with it. 
and not necessarily because it was quite dominant. It was he was showing skills that I hadn't seen from him, and he showed he didn't even look out of breath, man. Like no. five rounds of dominating someone, you should be out of breath, I would think. Yeah. Um, okay, we still got like lots to cover, and I want to try and talk about as much stuff as possible with you, Brett, before yeah, you've okay. got to go. Like, yeah. um, so just before we go on to the UFC, Andy Joshua fought last night, mate. I know you um, you've seen at least a little bit. What did you think yeah. of his uh, his performance? <clears throat> I watched I watched the whole fight really. Yeah, I thought it was um, my I've put, I've put, I think it's Polyev you see. But yeah, yeah, he's um man, he was awful, man. Even after the fight, it was a bit weird, like you know, just the way he was, you know. But mm. going to the actual performance itself, I think it's one of the best best Andy Joshua's we've seen in there. The jab was super effective. You've seen that nastiness with the uppercuts come in, which is like I didn't think we see we've seen a lot of that before, you know. But like looking. Looking at him and seeing, like, he was more of an aggressive, but, like, calm. Controlled, and wasn't it? And controlled, yeah, you know, it was really good. And, yeah, I thought it was a good performance. I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big Anthony Joshua fan, you know. No, long, live, long live the Gypsy King, you know. But, um, but like I said, you know, it was, it was, it was good to watch him. It was, and I thought, performance-wise, yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot to think about. But, look, I, I'm like every other person in the, in the nation who, who follows boxing. They have to set up that fight now. Yeah. I don't know if Bob Arum has got Bob Arum has got to do something to set that fight up because I think if that fight does, I think that fight will not only be one of the biggest fights in heavyweight boxing history. I think it will save boxing because mm. I'll be completely honest, boxing at the minute is just a laughing stock. You know? Dying on his ass. It's isn't it? oh, it is, and you need people that you need them fights because that, that that's the biggest fight out there. Well, like I said, for example, and I, I love the fact that, that Roy Jones and Tyson uh, had that like exhibition, but they, they, they sold more pay-per-views for that, apparently, than they did for Deontay Wilder vs. Fury. Like, mm. that's where boxing is at the minute. That needs to stop, yeah. you know, and having a fight with Joshua, having a fight with Tyson versus Joshua, let's get all these belts unified to see who the number one heavyweight, the baddest man on the planet is. That's going to draw some crazy crowds. Yeah, the thing is with boxing is heavyweight boxing is where people care, and you've got these two stars, these two superstars, whereby if they don't fight each other, there's no heavy, there's no other heavyweight fight which people want to see. Like no one's interested unless they these two fight. Um, one thing I will say is before yesterday's fight, I thought there's no way Andy Josh was beating Fury. I just didn't see it. I just thought he, yeah. he's too good. One thing which last night's fight did, I thought I agree with you. I thought it was the best Anthony Joshua we've seen. He looked light, he looked quick, he looked powerful, and I thought, oh, there's some stuff there which will Fury will look at that and say, okay, yeah, he knows who he's working with. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I, you know, his jab was great, but I think Fury can deal with the jab because Fury's so quick for someone who's six foot seven or whatever he is. Like he's so quick, he can deal six with the jab. Nine. Six, six nine, nine. is yeah. incredible, mm-hmm. isn't it? But like those uppercuts, they were nasty. Um, so like I would think, you know, Tyson Fury's a student of the game, and he so he's gonna yeah. look look at things like that. But um, they've got to do it, mate. They've got to do it. And every one thing, the other thing I'll say is it was great to see fans back in combat oh, sports or arena watching, and you know that was great. Did you watch it, Dan? I did. Yeah. Um, what did you um, think? Yeah, I'm not a fan of Joshua. Um, I, I find him. He rubs people like, up the wrong way, didn't he? Yeah, well, you know, putting 
you know anything personal you know to, to start even just the way boxing it reminds me a little bit of frank bruner the way he was it it, it was good it was kind of heavy-handed but not quick um yeah his uppercuts look good um and you know he come forward a little bit more than he, he does you know in other fights but i don't know i just felt like you know he was the bigger man in there and mm. i think that um helped for his confidence um and his confidence was growing throughout the match and stuff but i just think he'll always fall short with someone that can take it to him and um i don't think it'll even be close if you went up against tyson fury and um again i, you know, I agree with what brett was saying boxing's got to have something happen drastically there's like so many different titles out there that they got a way to always avoid fighting each other regards proving who really is the best and this is something you've got to love about mma we get a treat practically every weekend seeing guys with unbeaten records facing each other or people on a nice uh, you know, win streak. We'll see these really interesting matchups. We'll get our questions answered with regards to you know, who would win out of who and who. They, yeah. they get it on. There's no, it seems like there's no, no, no fear to put it on the line in the MMA community. Yet in boxing, they're like running scared to be proved wrong. Or I don't know, it's just frustrating boxing. It has been uh, for decades now. There's, in my opinion, there's, there's, there's only a couple of weight divisions which, at the minute, seem to be of some sort of interest. So then you've got the, the weight categories from 130 to 140 with um, Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia, um, Lomachenko, and all them guys, you know what I mean? But, and, and heavyweight. So 130 to 140, and you've got heavyweight. Pound for pound, the greatest fight on the planet is, is a middleweight, Canelo Alvarez. Nobody wants to fight him, or if anybody does want to fight him, it's nobody worth his time. I tell you what, though, he's fighting Smith soon. That'll be a good fight. I think it's Cam Smith. That'll be a good fight because obviously Canelo's fought his, one of his brothers and stopped with a body shot, but this is the better Smith brother. But that is a little bit of like, I'm intrigued with that one, but you know, like I said, they need more. There's too many characters in boxing, but not enough fighting in boxing, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not enough. And not enough to fight, you know, the, like you said, the good guys not fighting each other, you know, like in the UFC, go alive, like, you know, you got, you got, like last night, for example, that, that flavor world title, that's the champion of the world fighting the number one contender. Yeah. Now, the next fight will be the champion of the world fighting the number two contender. And it's always near that. And, and, yeah. it, and in the period of that happening, the top five has changed about, you know, don't get me wrong, you've got some weight divisions there where it's gone a bit stale, but that's the, other side of the coin. At least you've seen them fighters fight good guys. Like for example, um, Adesanya, who's fought the best guys. It's a bit of a stalemate with him at the minute, knowing who he's going to fight next. But like he's fought good guys already, you know. Yeah. And it's not as if he hasn't fought that level of competition to start off with. Yeah, they don't avoid the top, the best fighters, do they? Like the best fighters don't avoid each other for years and years and years. And I just think it gets yeah. a bit. Bit frustrating, and the longer it goes on, where you're you're waiting for this fight, you care less and less because yeah. it, I I feel like it the way boxing is over the last ten fifteen years is the delay in like uh, Mayweather fighting Pacquiao. It didn't make you want it more. It kind of yeah. got to the point where it was like oh, I don't care anymore. Yeah, and I I don't want that to happen because I feel like. If they leave it, you know, if it drags on another year, for instance, that they don't fight each other, I'm going to care less about it. And yeah. also, they're getting older, so it's not going to... Like, you want them to fight now where they're at their, you know, their peak, 
they're both looking top draw. They're both looking dominant. Yeah. That's when I want to see him fight. I don't want to see him fight when they're starting to wane. Yeah, put, 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 put it in like an MMA perspective. How excited were we to see Tony Ferguson fight Habib? Yeah. I know that yeah. moment's gone. That moment's yeah, gone yeah. now, you yeah. know? So, like, that's, it, you know, the, 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 it's, it's basically when people start talking about it, you probably should start getting a move on with doing it, you know? But, yeah, um, yeah like, you know, we were lucky a few years back. We had the... Um, we had the Triple G and Canelo fights, you know. I think that was they were good fights to set up. But like, for example, like the way the Conor McGregor and Mayweather was, that was one of the biggest boxing fights in the last two or three years. And you know, yeah. it's 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 just crazy to say it really, but it it was like you know. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what what, what, see what goes boxing next next few years. Yeah. Um, there was one more Cage Warriors fight I just wanted to mention, and that was Sam Creasy versus yeah, um, I was, Adam I was say, Singer. I'm sorry, Sam, I didn't forget you, mate. Um, <laughs> but I tell you what, I thought Sam, Sam in his, in the first trilogy, he came on the show just after, and he said like he was, you know, he won, but he was disappointed with his performance. He felt rusty, and he felt like he hadn't shown, you know, he'd grounded out, but he hadn't shown what he was capable of. Adam Armour Singer came on, came into this on a four fight four or five fight win streak he's looked super impressive yeah yeah and um, Sam Creasy beat him comfortably I thought mm-hmm. yeah um, Sa- go Sam down yeah Brad you go first mate. yeah so, so, so Sam's been someone like I've been watching for a while because I feel like we he's been on the scene for a very long time and I feel like now we're starting to get his momentum that is if, if, if the UFC don't sign Jay Hadley which I think if they don't sign that guy full stop they've dropped the ball there yeah um I see, I see Sam Creasy being his next title, uh, title challenger. Really, you know, the mm. guy's picked up some good wins, and that would be a good, interesting fight. You know, I think Sam Creasy is is quite big and physical for that weight, as well as Jake Hadley. So it'd be, um, yeah, that'd be an interesting fight to watch if they don't sign him in time. But like, obviously, if they do sign Jake to the UFC, I guess they could they could set up the Shanks versus Creasy fight. You know. Yeah, I think, and they teammates now, aren't they? No, no, not of course they're not, because Luke's That's up right. in Scotland. Um, yeah. Go on, Dan, what did you make of Sam's performance, mate? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I thought in general it was quite good. I've, I've never been a fan of the choice of guard or lack of yeah. that uh, Sam has in the strike, especially in a division where they're so fast. They're like laser beams when yeah. they punch and kick at each other. Um, so I've always criticised him for that. And you know, I, I'm lucky enough to be able to, to train on and off Sam. And he'd come into camp. Um, to get ready for this one alongside his other training that he does. So I helped him a little bit with his cage wrestling for this one, for which he sent a lovely message to me afterwards, thanking me for everything that I've helped mm-hmm. him with. But um, yeah, but Sam he's is an absolute gentleman. And I train his brother full-time, uh, Tom Creasy. He, he's going to be one to watch out for in the future. And yeah. you're right, um, Sam is really strong at the weight, but his brother even more physically strong, are incredibly yeah. strong at the weight. You know, don't look nothing wise in size, you know, when you look at them, mm. when they get older, you, it's like, geez, you know, they'll spar with people 15 kilos heavy and, and do well with them on a physical level. These flyweights, yeah. man, they're deceptive. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're big, big weight cutters, but they're very, very clean, um, eating very, very clean living, uh, and they're very, very healthy. And so they can get away with doing these big weight cuts. They do it and they do it right. Um, I think what did impress me with Sam was his um, defensive wrestling, which we worked a lot on. The fact that he worked the single tie clinch with the um, sometimes outside and under pummel, um, other arm control with the knees. 
So it stopped Amazinga being able to relax and just do the wrestle grind. Um, he was uh, giving him the, those knees to think about. And I think that was a nice little switch up that Sam was putting in. Um, Amazinga did look like, I don't know whether he's suffering from a little dehydration, he says, uh, and himself like, like Tom did. But he did seem to get rocked a little bit too easy with mm. shots that weren't, although he was landing clean, they weren't being put through him. And he was getting getting wobbled rather easy. Now, whether that's just that he doesn't have a very good chin or whether that's the fact that he cuts a lot of weight because he was a bit taller he as well. He's a big boy, Sammy. isn't he? Yeah, he's quite big at that weight. Surprising. Um, yeah, he was still performing well, though, up until you know he had that hiccup. I know he got knocked down in that previous round before the, the finish happened. Um, but yeah, let's just move Sam up. You know, Sam and Hadley, that would definitely be a good fight. Definitely be yeah, good yeah, fight. 100%. It's just uh, where the Jake's still there, mate, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I just don't think he will. Um, so, yeah, quite possibly we see, say, Sam and Luke, and they've sparred a lot together. You know, that's something I've seen, and they've both got strengths in skilled areas opposite to each other, so that would really make for a, for a great fight. And, yeah, um, it'd, be nice to see Sam, to <laughs> it'd be nice to It'd be nice to see Sam, Sam um, get that title shot. You come up, you come up short against Sam, Nathan Grayson before, it, it, but it would be nice to see him. I think he's look. Obviously, this sport's unforgiving, and it's and it, and it's and it's you don't you don't get rewarded for your times too. You get rewarded for your performances. But yeah, I feel like I feel like he's one of the guys who's done enough in this game to to have a title shot and to be called a world champion. I really do, and it would and it would on a personal level. See, I've watched a lot of his fights to see him pick that that belt up and, and get that title around his waist. But um, yeah, it'd be good. It'd be good to see that fight. It's interesting, man. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Cage Warriors, they got some uh, really interesting uh, directions to go in uh, that next trilogy in March. It's going to be fascinating to see kind of who's still there, who they match up, and uh, who gets the title shots and whatnot. So be watching with a bit of, uh, well, more than a bit of interest. Um, right, Brad, just before you shoot off, mate, um, yeah. I wanted to get your thoughts on some of the UFC stuff from last night. Um, and then me and Danny will go through after you've gone and we'll go through match by match. Um, Tony Ferguson, last week, well, a couple of times over the last month or so when we've been talking about this fight, I um, I said I was worried about the damage he took in the Gaith G fight um, and the, like the age of him. He's obviously getting a bit older, but just the psychological side of it, whether he was going to be the same fighter that... He was previous to the Gaith two fight, um, and I was hard, but I did tip him to win last night, last week. I said I want to see the old, two, you know, the old Tony Ferguson. I'm hoping that's who we see. Do you put down like he lost thirty twenty six across the board to Charles Oliveira? Charles Oliveira could not have looked more impressive. Was it just that Charles Oliveira was that good? Or was it a combination of him being that good and Tony Ferguson maybe isn't where he was previously? Look, the, the, the last fight with, 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 with Tony and with, uh, with Gagey, like, I remember having the Pedro fight and then obviously losing that fight and, and took a good kick in, in the process. That when I... It didn't take me a week or two weeks to get back from that. It took me months. Mm. You know, it took me, like, put it this way, I, I, I fought August 2018 and I didn't step foot back in the cage till January this year. You know, 
it, it knocked me for six. The injuries I, I had in that fight. And it doesn't only physically hurt you, but it mentally hurts you as well. Knowing full where the pain you've been in, especially with that fight where, you know, I, I don't even feel like Tony quit in that fight. I felt like it was his brain going, look, I've had enough, man. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And, and to come back from that, sometimes that can be worse than actually getting knocked out. That can be worse. Taking a fight like that and just getting absolutely pounded out the way he did, it, 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 can be, it, can, it can be overwhelming. Like, I remember coming back from that fight with uh, Pedro and I made sure, I was like, look, I'm not rushing into any fights. Although, I did want to fight in the November after fighting like that in August. They turned, and my manager turned around and said, oh, look, I think you should just take some time off. And good thing I did. Because looking back you now at the picture, I'd lost against Ster- Sterling and then jumped straight back into another fight to try and correct that mistake and then lost again. Mm. Then it was a case of just going, do you know what? I'm better off probably just taking a step back from the game, keeping my training going, but like taking my time to recover and be a better professional professional outside of the outside the octagon with my weight with my with my attitude to the sport and yeah you know I feel like you know I know I know it was the beginning of this year I think it was like March time they fought or April time yeah. but that that for the for the for the fight that happened to back in April to now he might need longer you know and the good thing is obviously other than the arm bar itself he hasn't really taken super much damage you know considering the first the the gagey fight so for him to come back, no, I'd, I'd take him to take a lot, take some time off, you know, get over his injuries and stuff because that guy is super injury prone as well. You know, that guy gets injured a lot. If you watch his videos, you, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't, you know, it doesn't take long to realize why he does get injured a lot. You know, and um, yeah, you know, if he, uh, I'm gutted. I'm a big Tony fan. You know, yeah. don't get me wrong. After like watching Oliveira fight uh, Kevin Lee, uh, I was a big fan of Oliveira, but. Um, yeah, I'm I, I'm interested in, in seeing Tony's next moves. Like you said, Sai, he's getting older now, and um, you know, like I said, a lot of fighters go on, but like you can't keep on the fights that Tony Ferguson has. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you've got you've got exceptions in this game of people who can last a while, but like it's once a boom. Like like a Donald Cerrone is like what a what like one in a thousand that can do that. You know, yeah. mm. but perfectly honest, not not everybody can do it. Just because Donald Cerrone can do it doesn't mean you can, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if um, Ferguson broke his arm as well at the end of that first oh, 100%. round. Yeah. The arm is not supposed to bend like that. And, no. um, you know, and again, like Ferguson being the fighter, the person that he is, he was never going to tap. Oh, so oh, it really? was just like snap it or end the round and the round, end of the round come. Like, I'd have been squealing like a pig. Oh, he was. Daniel Cormier couldn't even. Even look at it. Um, the other guy I wanted to ask you about um, just before you chip off was uh, obviously the main event. But um, what did you make of the Junior Dos Santos uh, Cyril uh, Garnier yeah. finish at yeah, the elbow? So I, I watched. I watched that fight. The I think the jab beforehand caused a lot of like. Basically, as soon as Junior Dos Santos got caught with that jab. That, I think that's what hurt him, you know? Mm. But, like, watching the actual, like, the way he executed that jab for a heavyweight, that was quick. Like, and, and I guess, like, like I said, he's not fighting a, a grappler. That, that, that game, that serial game wasn't fighting a grappler. He was fighting Junior De Santos, who was a renowned striker in mixed martial arts. Yeah. And you should have seen how quick that jab was. 
and just the way his his movement, um, as like I said, Gain's good on the ground as well. But to watch his movement and striking, you can see he's good on the feet. He's definitely someone to watch, and I, and I, I don't think that people realize how much of a big winner is over Junior Santos. The guy's only seven and zero. You know, the guy's the guy hasn't got a massive crazy, record, but he's in that. He's got to be in that top, like what seven now, maybe top ten. Yeah. He has to be with the win over Junior De Santos, you know, and uh, that's another guy I, 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 I hate seeing lose Junior De Santos. I hate yeah. seeing that guy lose. He's one of my he's one of my idols like, in, in the heavyweight division for MMA because when I was going through when I was coming through like the the scene, I remember UFC ninety five in, in London, Joe Stevenson was fighting uh Diego Sanchez in London, main event. And he uh he stopped Stefan Struve in thirty seconds. Like that's the Junior Santos I know, you know, and it's, uh, mm. it's not nice seeing these fighters, you know, getting older and, and start losing, you know, yeah, especially yeah. when you're a fan, you know. Yeah, yeah, big time. Um, and then lastly, the the main event, mate. What did you think of Oliveira's, uh, not Oliveira, sorry, uh, Figueiredo's performance? Yeah, it was good, man. And, and let's not forget, man, these two boys fought like two or three weeks ago. You know, I, I, I know people have just, they've just signed the fight and got it done. And I thought, it was fantastic. Moreno looked incredible. Looked really good. There's a reason why he's the number one contender. And um, Figueredo is just, like I said, it's mad how when someone goes champion, you just say, oh, lucky, you know, he's, a, he's the champion. He looks, he looks good every fight. But I think it was a really good, entertaining fight. And I feel like they're going to have to run that back. Look, if it wasn't for the point deduction, it was Figueredo's. You know? Mm. It's a, it was as clean cut as that. You know, I did feel like it was close. Like, but I give Figueredo the first three and I think Moreno the last two I think it was if I can remember correctly um, for obviously the point deduction we'll put that to a draw then you know and um, yeah it was it was fair scoring but um, yeah obviously they could run it back but I do feel like if it wasn't for that deduction he would have uh, he would have won that fight you know yeah 100% um, it's, it's can't get any closer really and and like like you say, they fought a couple of weeks ago, and because it was a majority draw, because of the point deduction, they're gonna have to run it back again. You have to, you know. And, you know, it's such a shame for us fans that we got to watch that incredible fight again. But uh, <laughs> I, I yeah, feel sorry, feel sorry for us guys. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> um, right, Brett, appreciate you joining us, mate. As always, it's uh, legendary talking to you. Always a good no. time. And, no, uh, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Just, uh, just a quick shout out to the boys at. At SMMA with Richard Shaw, Jack Shaw on the team there. You know, obviously this year has been fantastic. Um, I changed teams over at the start of the year to go from um, from Swansea up to Abertillery, and um, they've taken me in, and I, I'm very grateful. And it's been a fantastic year with them guys, and just looking forward to you know Touchwood. It's been a, it's been a good year this year. I would have liked about three or four fights, but considering 2019, I had no fights. Then it's been a fantastic year and getting two wins. But I want to thank. Uh, Shaky car park. I want to thank James Wallace and the KGB as well. It's been a, it's been a good year. It's been a good year considering everything that's happened and the a global pandemic coming in the way. I think uh, yeah, I think I've been very lucky. But um, thanks for having me on, boys, and uh, hopefully I get to speak to you soon. Yeah, always yes. luck, Brett, for the future, man. Thank oh, you, Brett, plug your plug your podcast, Brett, Brett, as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Obviously, we've got a podcast. In a minute. The reason why we're not um, we're not we're not doing much of it is because my my brother's expecting a little one, and. Um, well, by the size of his missus, we thought she'd be early, but turns out she's got, she's late. 
So I should probably got my jeans. I'm always late to everything. So um, yeah, but uh, fing- fingers crossed. Now that that'll be all done and dusted, and we'll get back up. But uh, yeah, it's uh, anyone can get a podcast. Give us a little uh, follow. But um, yeah, ca- can't wait now. 2021. Let's uh, let's hit it hard. Indeed. Have a good Christmas, bud. There you go. You two boys have a good one, lads. Brett Johns, what a legend, top man he is. He's a talker. He loves it. He's but you know, he's just like um Jack and Richard Shaw last week, mate. Students of the game and they they watch everything. Um Absolutely. and they just absorb it, take it in. Um you know, and, and again like Brett's talking about um he saw Jordan in some what was it, a I forgot what he said now, ICB. but it was like a yeah. Like, so what's that? that? Like a regional one, is it? Uh, no, ACB was uh, that that Russian promotion. That oh, was it? Really quite quite big. Yeah, but there's been yeah. some issues. I think they renamed it. Um, there were some issues that they've had. But uh, oh, yeah, okay. it, it was a pretty pretty big deal when it when it first. When it was there. Yeah. Ah, okay. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. Like uh, absolute championship, Ahmed, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Formerly known yeah, as absolute the, champ. ACB. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. But, ACA um, now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought, it, you know, it, it gave the impression it was going to be around doing big things. But, um, mm. yeah, I, I don't know. What, yeah, I, I mean, I think they are about as a promotion, but I don't know whether they got re, renamed something like that. I'm not up on it enough to. Yeah, I, do, I just had a quick search. But, um, yeah, like I say, he's, uh, you know, he's a student of the game, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, seeing his first fight in Bellator because and again it's my opinion I think he was being kind to the Bantamweight Bellator division um, I think going into that division he's already one of the the best fighters in there but there, you know there's a couple of guys in there that are uh, uh, yeah, I think, not too know, shady him going in uh, I think he said eighth, wasn't eighth it? yes I think he's comfortable with that because um, you know he's not being pushed out at the top ten for one yeah but also, I think if you start hitting in the top five from the get-go, that can kind of aggravate and rub There's up. pressure on you, division. doesn't it? Well, I don't think it's even the pressure. I just think it's, you know, other fighters get their nose put out of joint and yeah. you're not there. I don't know. Just got to earn it, I suppose, haven't you? Like yeah, you get he, he probably not sits so comfortable. He, you know, he wants to be there and, and prove his path, and he will very quickly, I'm sure of that. Yes, indeed. So, uh, UFC from last night, mate. We'll go uh, straight into the... Was there anything on the and the prelims which you enjoyed? Um, um, one thing I will say, mate: uh, Rafael Fiziev versus oh, yes. Moicano. Yeah. Fiziev is a special boy, mate. Yeah, yeah, and I really liked what he was doing with the uh, with the footwork because he's given away a little height and reach mm. um, against Renato, and um, you know, Renato was really wanting to um, engage and get him on the end of his long techniques, but uh, Fiziev was just going left and right with his footwork, um, you know, subtly enough so that he was never on the centre line. And every time he stopped on the centre line, he threw down it. And he also had a really, really good body kick as well, which stopped the return from Renato. Um, yeah, and it, he was he was hitting and hitting really hard, but I really just loved his composure and how he stayed off that centre line. It really, really, really was a great strategy. Um, and then... Well, when he landed, he got the job done very, very quick. The combination was beautiful. He went to the body, to the head, back up to the head again, and then that crunch on the floor, uh, you know, to, to put it to bed, so to speak. Yeah, very, very impressive. Yes, indeed. It was uh, very impressive. 
very enjoyable and I'd, I'd be very interested to to see who they match him up with next um what else do we have on the prelims uh tisha torres uh beat sam hughes via a tko doctor stoppage uh, she was quite impressive gavin tucker versus uh, billy quarantilio went to a decision and um, that was an enjoyable little fight enjoyed that one uh gavin tucker by the way he's one to really watch for 2021 right. very impressive um cub swanson also won on the, the yeah prelims. i I've... I really enjoyed watching that fight, and Cub Swanson, he was eating up some leg kicks, and it looked like it was really bothering him, but he fights well both both ways, um, and Cub Swanson's cross hands, no matter which way he stanced, he punches so deep with his cross hands, it, mm. it was to behold, and it was his saving grace, and um, uh, what was the name of his opponent again? Uh, oh, oh, Daniel Pinada. Yeah, that's it, Pinada. He was looking devastating in that first round. His leg kicks were hard. He was throwing really, really uh, good cross hands of his own right. And I thought oh, Cop Swanson was kind of getting a bit difficult, but Cop really wrestled well as well. I know that really impressed me. And there's some of those ground exchanges, the way he got back to his feet. You know, we see Cop Swanson so many times as someone who's just a bit of a brawler, but he's got some skills there too. He done really, really well to get back up to his feet. And, um, and great tactician too, because uh, he... He switched up things because of that damaged leg. Was switching his stance at the right point, so it wasn't uh, um, consequential enough to, to be put out of the equation completely. And um, and push forward, which is exactly what you could do. With someone's kicking your legs as hard as Peniada uh, was, you got to press forward on them, get those hands connecting, and got to run them back. And he did that, and he did that really, really well. And it was a fantastic win for him. And it's nice to see him again because it has been a while. Um, he was super active one year, or over a couple of years. Um, how long has it been now? It must have been. It's been a while a since he last fought. And that, uh, great to see him back. He, he looked. Um, he looked really uh, in shape and sharp, and yeah, just looked like he's got a bit of zip back in his game all round. Like, um, which I really enjoyed seeing because you know he's a he's a legend of the of the sport. So this, yeah. you know, sometimes we like we talk about it a bit um, as guys get to a certain age, their their attributes and their their kind of levels can deteriorate, and it comes. Yeah. To, you know, it's just it's it's not nice to watch, is it? When you see guys who you've kind of watched dominate and watched, you know, really got you excited over the years with their fights, and then you start seeing them get destroyed by the younger guys. It can be a yeah. bit depressed, not depressing, but you know, it's a bit. It's not the greatest uh, feeling in the world. Um, and on that note, I guess. Uh, the main card opened up with Junior Dos Santos versus Cyril uh, Garnier, with Garnier picking up the win via TKO uh, in just over two and a half minutes of the second round. Um, obviously, Brett covered a bit of the, the finish. The thing I was wondering, did you think that elbow was illegal? That it caught him just after the jab. Um, regardless of whether it landed in what we would class as an illegal area, uh, Dos Santos was turning his head away, so for that fact, it was not illegal. Okay, I yeah, I they, thought it caught him kind of like that spot behind the ear is is yeah you've got there's like a spot isn't there yeah there is legal if you punch or throw an elbow or forearm or however you want to see it as long as it connects to the ear it's a legal shot now I'm not too sure whether it actually did connect to this it's just surmise that it didn't connect with the ear the fact that um, Santos was turning his head away puts his head you know, a target. It, it wasn't really, uh, Gagnon was not aiming no. for it to be illegal. 
Um, but for me, you know, Junior De Santos just not has not impressed me for the last four or five outings. He just hasn't. Yeah. Um, he used to chase to finish the fights, and he's got clearly got dynamite in his hands. But you have to push forward to connect them. And to me, he was waiting on the outside too much. And um, is it Gun Garnier? Garnier was just looking great with his kicks. He was light on his feet for a big man. He was kicking with lovely technique. Um, he was going inside leg, outside leg, up to the body, um, kicking really, really well. But the Santos was, was not pushing forward enough. And when he did, he got success, but it was just so few and far between. Garnier was just not feeling any of the pressure. And um, and the way he finished, I think, was, was great. But the Santos, even with those last finishing strikes, it's like he almost quit on the feet before he even went down. He weren't no longer defending the strikes. It was bizarre. Yes. I, I just think, I, I just think, you know, sad to say, I think he's done. I really do. I think he's done. Yeah, it was. Uh, I thought Garnier looked impressive again, though. Um, he's on he a bit of a bit of a tear, Frenchman, and um, you know he deserves it because um, he just looks a very skillful heavyweight, not a kind of. Um, I say this without sounding like I'm criticising, but like a lot of we've talked about before, a lot of the heavyweights they kind of look out of shape and they very much depend on their boxing. Like he's an all-round fighter, like MMA fighter. He can do it all. He can kick, he can punch, but he can also grapple and wrestle, and and that's what I want to see. Um, so I I, I like to see him picking up the victories. Um, and then we had another very experienced fighter. Getting knocked out cold and uh, quite worrying afterwards. He looked out of it for a good five minutes as they were going to the decision. Uh, Kevin Holland defeated Jack Ray Souza via knockout about one minute 45 into the first round. It was a weird one, well, this one was, wasn't it? It was really weird. And um, Kevin Holland showed some uh, some nice grappling moves. He was mm-hmm. actually attacking from his back um, on uh, Ronaldo. Ronaldo's been knocked out before with unusual sort of position. I think he's been knocked out on top. Didn't he get caught with an up kick? I just can't think off the top of my head who it was with. But he caught, I think it was an up kick. Um, you know, certainly when he had the, the, the top position and, and getting himself knocked out, but really unusual. It goes to show the explosivity of Holland, for one, and the creativity, because he angled out to give himself the, the, the leverage in that punch from his back. It was, it was clever the way he set it up. And yeah, really caught the Sosa out, and um, it was just weird the way he went out as well because he was on his knees. He started falling backwards, and Kevin Holland jumped up and, and pissed and pumped a few more for good measure, and really put him out, put him out cold. But look, you know, Jacare is now 41 years old. This is another guy that I think is, stays in the sport. It's not going to be healthy for him. It's not doing anything for his legacy because he's done great things for the sport, done great things in the BJJ. There's no need for him to be in there. Um, no, getting made to look like that against these younger guys taking just, that damage, mate, as well, isn't it? Yeah, Every time you get knocked out, it's damage. And he's impressed me over the years, but um, yeah, I, I think it's time to hang those gloves up for him. I agree, mate. I really do. I don't want to see guys who are forty plus, whereby they 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 not just losing, do they getting? Yeah, I'm getting really a lot of interference. Like, are you you hearing that, by the way? No, That's no I'm not. No, I just stopped. Right, okay. I'm getting a lot of interference here. Yeah, right now. It, might uh, my, around. it might be because my phone's close to the mic. I'll just move it. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think... It's, 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 uh, it's, I don't want to see guys who are like 40 plus, not just losing, but like 
getting knocked out cold and looking old. Yeah. And he did look old and he did get knocked out cold. Uh, Kevin Holland, no good performance by him again. Yeah, he's um, on a roll. He really is. Next he's up was... He is. Uh, next up was Mackenzie Dern versus uh, Vina Jandgoba, uh, which was a unanimous decision, 29-28 across the board. What did you think of Mackenzie Dern's performance, man? In the first round, she looked really great with her striking. We know her grappling's world-class, but she's not necessarily the best at getting it to the ground. So, um, you know, she, she even though she was striking really, really well in that first round, she stepped, kept going for the clinch, trying to get the takedowns, but it wasn't happening for her. But it's almost like she gassed herself out a little bit because in the second or third round, she was taking some deep breaths and she just lost that extra pep that she had on her punches and kicks that she was showing in that first round. And it might be a little bit of the case that, you know, she's um, still new to acquiring these skills on her feet regards her striking, but she's doing well with her striking. But um, I'm going to call it uh, Verna because I think it's easy for mm. me to, to, to pronounce. Um, Verna did great. I'm not, I don't know. Is this her first time fighting in UFC? I don't, can't remember whether we've ever covered her before. Who's that? Uh, Verna Janidroba. Yeah, I'm not too sure uh, I've seen her before. But, um, you know, she, sure. she, she she held good form. And um, I actually wasn't so sure that Stone would win it. It was that close for me. Yeah. Um, she, you know, she cut and broke uh, Dern's nose um, in the second round, I think it was. And Dern was put on her back as well. Um, and although she created something right at the end of that second round, trying, trying to spin up and over, you know, she was on her back nevertheless. And the striking was left to be quite close. And I'll put it in Verna's favour for the fact that she broke her nose and, 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 and cut her. And that third round was just all so close. It really mm. was. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised if the decision would have gone the other way. But, mm. okay. yeah. So um, she's four four. So that was her fourth fight in um, the UFC. She's two really? and two now. Uh, so we covered her earlier in the year. She fought um, Felice Herrig on the Mielczyk versus Cormier three card, but right, yeah. she might have been on the prelims, so we might not have gone into a lot of detail. Right, that with might it. have been the case. Um, yeah. Next, yeah, but up, did you, just um, you know, I just want to get your view on it. Did you think that was closer than? Um, I added about what it was, to be honest. Um, but equally, I wouldn't have been like outraged if it had gone the other way either. Um, mm. It's kind of one of those. But yeah, I, I pretty much had it the same. Okay. Mm. But yeah, it's close. Like I say, I thought it was a very close fight, and um, yeah, yeah, it was good though. Um, Tony Ferguson versus Charles Oliveira. Oh, I just broke my heart. This did. But, I, uh, but equally, I was also super excited because I really like Charles Oliveira. But like my Tony F- Tony Ferguson fandom, um, I think it took a hit. Yeah, uh, Ferguson. Uh, now I think it was a combination of Charles in- increasing his uh, his increment of improvement. For one, I think it suits him being up at that heavier weight. Two, um, he's just on the up. And I think it's you know, sad to say that Ferguson you know, is on the decline. He is in his mid-30s. He has been in some wars. His body's been through a lot regards to surgeries and having all these injuries that he's had. But he did look a little punch-shy and a little bit flinchy in the strike. And that could be down to the fact that Charles is a good striker as well as a good grappler. But he just 
wasn't making good decisions on the feet and was getting out maneuvered very, very quickly in the wrestling. And on the ground, he was getting checkmated time and time again. That, that, that arm bar looks awful. It looks horrible. Horrible, especially when he went under the armpit. Yeah, it's there's like, no oh. way that wasn't broken, mate. Yeah. Gotta be. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it, it was hard to watch. It really was. And it was sad to he see. He didn't throw anything with it after the rest of the fight. No, and, you know, I know that Ferguson has been creative over the course of time. You know, when he's been taken down, he rolls out of it and um, and, and he pulls off these funky attacks off his back. But uh, he wasn't doing the right type of things to try and escape. And when he was uh, escaping positions, when he was able to try and get on top, he got himself put in the triangle. It was like, it's like he's always a step behind. Um, he was literally jumping from one hot, hot pan into a fire and then from the fire onto hot coals. It was every decision that he was making just wasn't going anywhere. It was just getting him in further trouble. But uh, but well done to Charles. You know, I'm really excited to see what he can do. You know, this guy's going to work himself up to contender status without a doubt. He did um, everything right, I thought. Um, did Oliveira. Like, every move that Ferguson did make... Oliveira just countered it straight away, or yeah. he didn't even counter it. He'd already thought of it, and he'd already positioned himself to to, to counter it. I just thought he was exceptional, and it was like really exciting to watch uh, someone come into the peak of their talents against a top level fighter who, you know, everyone thought had the best chance of beating Khabib, mm-hmm. um, and he just got taken apart by Oliveira in every way. Um, yeah. But then the other side of me, like I say, my, I'm a big fan of Tony Ferguson. Um, I was really sad, like, because I just thought, Jesus, don't look the same fighter in the last two, three fights. I felt like he's just not looked the same. Um, yeah. And that worries me because he's taken a lot of damage over the years yeah. um, because of the way he fights. So I do wonder, like, if it's starting to have a long-term effect on him. Yeah, you got to wonder. You got to wonder. I mean, there was just there was just nothing close about that fight. The only success he had was when he was in the throes of being taken down. He cut Charles's eyebrow with the elbow. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it was it was disappointing and, and and sad to see with regards to Ferguson, but. Absolutely fantastic for Charles, you know. I, I really do like his style um, and the way he conducts himself. He's, he's a good guy. Um, <laughs> what more can you say? I just don't know what Ferguson's going to do from here on out. Cause, yeah, I fully. Uh, I got to say, I fully agree with what Brett said. So, like, since he won or since he was on Ultimate Fighter, um, he lost his first main UFC fight, Ferguson against Michael Johnson, by a decision. Then since then, he was 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. He's on an 11-fight win streak until he fought Gaethje. Uh, he got taken apart by Gaethje earlier this year in May. And then in December, he's been taken apart in a very different way by Oliveira. To me, I, like, I agree with what Brett said. He needs to take some time. Because his um, if, he, if he hasn't broken his arm, I, I, I think I almost think like Tony Ferguson's mentality will be to get back in the cage by like by March, and 
you know, try and get that win and get back into a run. But I always feel like his body, he looked like he just doesn't look the same. Let his body heal and, and get back to it later next year. Mm. I say I'm not so sure. I agree with it just quite simply of where he is in his career in terms of his age. Mm. I oh. guess he hasn't got, I think it's what, 35, 36? Good check now. Uh, 36, yeah. So I suppose he hasn't so got. He, he can't wait nearly a year to. It's just. Just doesn't but work even late twenty twenty one, like do you know what I mean? Just like maybe like the fall of next year, or like. But if he waits that long before he comes back and he does start performing well, he'll be he'll be looking at being thirty eight by the time he gets into any kind of contendership for any kind of titles. And mm. I don't think yeah, that's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, I, I I think he should carry on motoring on if he wants to still have a shot and try and create momentum and fight someone a little bit further down the ranks. I just don't I know who, who you're fighting with now. No, so, I don't know either. I mean, he could fight the, the winner of McGregor and Poirier. Like, that's a ready-made fight because he's mm. kind of fallen out with both of them at certain points. Dan Hooker, but, you know, if you're Tony Ferguson looking to get a win, I'm not sure. Dan, Dan, Dan Hooker's another guy. Um and then you've got Oliveira just below him. He's just lost to him. Rafael Dos Anjos, Paul Felder. I mean, Ally Quinter, yeah, yeah, Kevin maybe, Lee. These are all maybe, guys which... Maybe Paul Felder, because Paul Felder's lost his last two as well, hasn't he? He lost to Hooker and... Yeah, he lost Santos. the other week, didn't he? Yeah. yeah he lost recently. And like, he yeah, went but, to I mean, short of that, I mean, that, that, that could be a fight. But then again, you know, whoever loses that fight, I've really got to think about, you know, is there anywhere yeah, else? Oh, isn't they? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah so, that, that, so. that would make sense as a matchup. Yeah, indeed. Um, main event, Figueredo versus uh, Moreno. Uh, the second time we've seen this fight, they fought to a majority draw. Uh, it was 46-47 for Figueredo, 47-47-47-47. Um, what a fight, i got to say. What a fight. I mean, what a display of... Um, of toughness, cardio, decision making, counter decision making, uh, it had it all. It had striking in it, kicks and punches. It, had, uh, it just had every variety of, of what MMA is all about. Um, the scramble ups as well were utterly impressive. You know, although they're getting each other down, they they couldn't keep each other down. Everything was done on such a high level. It was a real, real treat to watch um, and fair play to them and you know Brett pointed it out they fought not long ago and they're jumping in again I mean wow they're, they're really going at it um, fantastic that's definitely got to be run by again that fight definitely um, yeah so hard to score some of those rounds as well and that overall fight I think a draw is fairly pretty fair under the circumstance um, yeah just run that back again I mean you could break that fight down round by round and, and talk about all sorts of technical things that were going on. It, it was super high level. Yeah, really, so really good, high level. One thing um, I'd say is um, he, uh, Moreno made Figueredo look human this time around. And, and he did. Like Figueredo didn't look as unbeatable in this fight. Yeah. As he and the first, the first two rounds of Moreno was working purely off his lead side, off his left side. He was working mainly a deep jab. Um, you know, stepping in jab and getting loads of success with that, and also that lead leg, uh, lead kick to the head, and is all off of his left side. He only started introducing his rear striking side late in round three, 
Um, but mm. it was really strange how he was just all off that lead side. And yeah, that, that was a little bit of a, so good. Yeah, it was. But they were so well matched. Uh, but Moreno's combinations for the takedowns, he was getting the double unders straight onto the hip. He wasn't working a high double unders. He was getting double unders in a way where he was straight on the waist, super, super quick. And um, it was getting him some lovely, lovely takedowns. But then Figueredo was just doing an incredible, incredible job of scrambling back to his feet and then straight on the offensive. Yes, wow, the, I mean... It's the speed at which they do it. Um couple of notes from last night's show. Dana White said he thinks that was the greatest fight in history. Uh, <coughs> UFC fight in history. Um, so here's a question for you. Was this better than the female fight, which me and you said was one of the best fights we'd ever seen? I forget who it was now. Uh, uh, it was the Chinese, the Chinese girls. Versus, um, yeah. Well, that was all on the feet. That that. That was one of the greatest stand-up battles I think I've ever seen. Yeah, this was just um, the all two rounds. females. This was uh, great because uh, uh, it was so complete in its demonstration of MMA. You saw mm. lots of grappling. You saw lots of wrestling, counter wrestling. We saw scramble ups, reversals. It, it really had a, a bit of everything. Bit of everything. Yeah, it, it did. It did indeed. Um, so the bonuses of the night fight of the night. No surprise that it was the main event. Performance of the night went to Kevin Holland and Raphael Fizier for their finishes, um, which I think is a you know, pretty good shout. Um, although I feel like Charles Oliveira not being involved in like any of those bonuses is that's a that's a bit sad because big shout yeah, in Ferguson, Ferguson, you know, just not long ago was in a massive attention spot with regards to fighting Habib, yeah. and then. Charles comes along and dominates him in the fashion that he did and, and doesn't get in on any of those extra pay. Yeah, it's But there we go, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, that was, it was a good show. We'll have a look at the next week's show in just a second. A couple of other little tidbits. Um, Dana White has questioned uh, the future of um, uh, Ferguson and... Junior to Santos, whether they should carry on or not. Um, I think that's yeah, fair. Think he's, fair. Yeah, it's absolutely right to question that. I, I'd rather them not fight on as much as I've been a huge fan of Ferguson. I just don't want to ruin my yeah. my, my, my mind on how I've seen him and perceive him. I, I think it'd be sad for him to carry on and continue to lose, which is which is the worry. Uh, and he's also trying to talk, he's meeting with Khabib in two weeks or meeting Khabib in a week or so or something. Um, and he thinks he's going to be able to talk about retirement. Um, you know, that's no surprise that he's going to try, isn't it? I mean, um, and he kind of just talked about uh, just the, the 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 mental strength of Tony Ferguson is just crazy. Um, and he said he should have tapped for the armbar. Um, and he said there is a 0% chance that we see Conor McGregor versus Jake Paul, which is, again... No surprise there. Um, okay, so let's have a, a quick little uh, little look at next week's event to finish us off. So, it was supposed to be uh, Leroy Edwards and... Yeah, so sad. Guided about that. I think, they, I think I read somewhere it's going to be on the 20th of January or something. But, yeah, 
gutted. I'd really be looking forward to that next week. Um, so the main event next week, Steve Thompson versus uh, Jeff Neal. You got there, mate. That's difficult because, you know, Stephen Thomas, he's 37 now. You know, he's not a young man, but he always no. seems to come in shape. But, you know, at what point do they fall off the cliff? So that, that worries me a little. But the fact that he's just got that elusive style, so he might well be able to control the pace and make it an issue regards deficit of tiredness. I am going to stick with Wonderboy. So, yeah, I'm going to stick with Thompson. I'm going to go with Jeff Neal there. Um, and we've got some good fights. Chaos Williams is back on next week, which I'm really looking forward to seeing. He's fighting Michelle Pereira. That's a, that's a big one for Chaos yeah. Williams. But Chaos Williams on the back of some impressive knockouts maybe should get a bit more of a challenge, I think, from the Brazilian. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be a good one. Two young men, 26 to 27. Yeah. Yeah, be interesting. Be Greg Hardy is also fighting. Uh He's fighting Tibera. Now that yeah, is an interesting fight. That is. I'm going to go Tibera on this one. I, I, Tibera. Um, I think he performed really, really well. So I, I'm going to go him. I reckon he's going to do it. Yeah, I think he's got the all-round skills that will trouble Jeff uh, Jeff Hardy, Greg Hardy. Um, Andy Pettis, Alex Moreno. Oh. Um, hmm. I'm going to go Pettis. Yeah, so it's, it's a big old, uh, it's a big old card next week. There's some big fights, and then uh, co-main event: Jose Aldo versus Marlon Vera. I'm gonna go Marlon Vera. Yeah, me too. Okay, I don't see. Um, yeah, I don't see uh, Jose winning that one. Um, did you go with Chaos Williams or? Michelle I'm gonna Pereira? go Chaos. I'm gonna go Chaos. All the big names. Diego Lima is playing fighting, um, which I think is uh, what's his name, brother, and he, I believe. Yeah. But um, yeah, some big fights next week, mate. And uh, we got a guest as well, Ben Ellis, joining us next week, fresh off his Cage Warriors victory. So we'll yeah. have a little chat to him about that. But uh, we got the guests thick and fast over the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, we'll be back next week, guys. Thanks for joining us, and uh, Danny, as ever, it's a pleasure, my friend. Yes, yes, looking forward to next week. Spot on. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, spread the word, follow the uh, at Danny Button Fight Show Twitter and uh, Instagram. I forgot what it was then. Uh, but we'll see you next week. Cheers. Network.